evening, everyone. Good to see you here tonight on our Sunday night service. We welcome you here. Stand with me, would you, as we sing our first song, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Lift it up tonight as we sing. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my side. Angels descending, bring from above. Echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior and happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above. Filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Good job of singing. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more. And the morning breaks eternal. It. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Lord, we thank you and praise you, Lord, and, and rejoice and able to sing, Lord, about heaven and the role of being called up yonder, Lord, and uh, what great reminder, Lord. And now I pray for tonight, Lord, as we open up your word and our hearts and our minds to receive the truth that you've laid therein, Lord, that we would be not just hearers of the word, Lord, but doers of the word as James commands us to be, Lord. And uh, Lord, we thank for those able to make it back tonight. Continue to be with the sick among us, Lord, and that uh, you'd watch over them, strengthen them, their bodies and their minds for you. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, good to have you back tonight. Good morning, and uh, went very well. We had a lot of guests today, and uh, so praise the Lord for that. I don't think I have to remind everybody to be friendly. I think everybody is, but it's a good thing. And uh, so when you see somebody like, man, uh, people said, saw a lot of new people today. Great opportunity uh, to go and say hi and everything and just to be kind. And so we want to welcome them in. Uh, obviously, the staff does the best we can with that, but I think we had like 15 different families and so forth and uh, coming from the event and everything. And so that's, that's just a great blessing. Appreciate everybody. We had a good group come out to outreach yesterday. Really helped us uh, contact at least every door. Um, we had 63 people mark on their cards they would like a visit with more information about the church, baptism, salvation. Man, it was great. Uh, plus those that got saved. And so there'll be more follow-up this next week and so forth. And so uh, you just kind of see that influx. And so obviously, well, people come and they don't know what to do in church. You know, they don't. You know, I think we had a little one run down the aisle. You know, I was watching going, well, there she goes. She's like, it's a new play area, man. And uh, that's great. No, that's great. We love it. Yeah, I mean, because people learn. They grow. Uh, they learn. It was more fun watching Alan Chaser. <laughs> he was this close, man. And I'm like, she won. She won. There she goes, and uh, that's good. And I, I appreciate Alan doing that. He, he was trying to intervene, and she's like, oh, no way. Uh, so it's good. But I tell you, I tell you, Pastor, I love that. I love that. And I, I, I know there's a lot of things that will go on, and, uh, but that's ministry. And you got to remember, uh, such were we until we found Jesus and kind of learned the ropes and everything. And so we want to be welcoming. So if they sit in your seat, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Some of you are going, <laughs> just once. So please don't go up and go, I'm going to need you to move. You know, and uh, so, uh, and nobody did that I saw. And uh, it was good, good stuff. So uh, we do have a sign up. If you brought somebody, know of somebody, uh, we've scheduled a Discovering Church membership here in a couple weeks. Uh, we'll send out letters this week to, to all those guests and uh, some families that have been coming. We're excited about that. So hope you'll be praying about that for one thing. And I mentioned this morning, and I'm serious about that, if you brought somebody or know somebody, often if you'll invite them to come to that and maybe come with them, uh, a lot of times they'll come to something like that. And, and I'll tell you what's important about that. We, uh, we like to tell them who we are. You know, what we believe. You know, uh, they came in, enjoyed the service, and that's wonderful. Uh, but it's always about him. You know, and, and obviously we'll never change who we are. We won't compromise to get people in what the doctrine says. Uh, so we take that time to show them, you know, what the Bible says and who we are and, and the purpose we have, direction. So it's a great evening. It really is. And people can decide from there if this is what I want to be a part of. And so you pray for that. It's in a couple of weeks. You'll hear us announce it during services, especially Sunday mornings for people to sign up for. And most of you are familiar with that, Discovering Church membership. But uh, I just want to make sure you are praying for that. Continue. And to thank you all for bringing people, helping to visit, continue to pray, being friendly. Um, I was telling staff, we're, we're in the middle of a great harvest, uh, really rivaling probably one of our greatest here at Central Baptist Church when you look over the years. We've had different growth spurts and reaching a lot of people. Um, when I look back from last year, even into this year, God has brought just a lot of great people our way. And uh, we've seen a lot of salvations, uh, even besides the event. You know, I think we're up to almost 60 uh, since January. If you, you go back and look even before that, it's like God's just been doing some neat things when you add everything together. Uh, and we just praise the Lord for that. I think I said this morning, I mean it. I like to see where God's moving and just be a part. I mean, seriously, it's like, man, it's just neat. You know, some of that blessings and uh, spirit just rub off on us. That's good. Good stuff. So you continue to do that. So appreciate y'all. Andy's going to come lead us in a couple more songs as we continue through the service. Well, I don't know if you notice on Sunday nights, we do have our orchestra back here. Give them a hand if you would. Come on. I know there's more of you out there that's got an instrument in the closet, right? You played it in school and you just kept it. And then a lot of these people are at that way. So get it out, dust it off. Talk to Brother Matt Morales and we'll get you plugged in up here. So I appreciate them playing on Sunday nights, using their talents for the Lord. So keep that in mind. Constantly abiding. Remain seated as we sing. Constantly abiding. Page 190. There's a peace in my heart that the world
job of singing, you may be seated. Wondering how I'm gonna make it, wondering how I'm gonna stand. When I look at your goodness on my life and where I've been, I've never been forsaken. Lord, you've never failed me yet. So when I feel like giving in, Lord, remind me again. When the mountain was in front of me, you made the mountain move. When the road ahead seemed too dark, you guided me through. When the waters were in front of me, you parted them too. There's never been a day Great truth, amen. Hope we never forget that. You know, God always keeps his word, definitely so. We could talk about that a little bit tonight, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. If you want to turn over there as we continue in our series. Excited tonight, uh, Emmy Bittinger uh, decided to get baptized, and uh, so we're excited to baptize her tonight. I uh, got a chance to talk to her yesterday, and of course she's been saved, and now decided she's all ready to go. So all those in favor accepting Emmy, say amen. amen. Okay, are we, are we still going? We're still good. We're, we're good, right? Oh, yes. Okay, there's a thumb. Yes. All right. And uh, so Matt has to work, so we're doing it tonight. So hopefully he'll, he'll be able to make it in and so forth. So we're excited about that. And uh, as he arrives, so good, good stuff. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and we'll stand and do our reading tonight. Going to pick it up in verse 12 to the end of the chapter. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 12, the Bible says, For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have our conversation in the world, and more abundantly to you, word, 
If we write none other things unto you than what we read or acknowledge, and I trust ye shall acknowledge even to the end, as also ye have acknowledged us in part, that we are your rejoicing, even as ye also are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. And in this confidence I was minded to come unto you before that ye might have a second benefit, and to pass by you into Macedonia, and to come again out of Macedonia unto you, and of you to be brought on my way towards Judea. When I therefore was thus minded, did I use lightness? Were the things that I purposed, do I purpose according to the flesh, that with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay? But as God is true, our word towards you was not yea and nay. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. For all the promises of God in him are yea. There's a lot of yeas and nays taking place. Are you following this? Yes, yeah, it's, it's almost like that uh, Abbott Costello, who's on first. You know, so amen. Verse 20, for all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. Now he which established us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God, with also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Moreover, I call God for a record upon my soul that to spare you I came not as yet unto Corinth. Not for that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy. For by faith ye stand. Well, that's a good statement. Thank you. You may be seated. I know we said by faith you stand, so really, you probably should stand the whole service. I mean, we're going to be biblical here. Amen. Good stuff. Well, we'll explain this and, and, and uh, what uh, is happening here. Uh, to do that, I uh, need you to understand that probably one of the worst reputations you can ever develop is uh, not to be trusted. Uh, when your word can't be trusted, I think that's why, for me, politicians are so difficult for me. <laughs> just so difficult for me. I, I, I'll just tell you, on every realm, every side, I'm just like, oh, my. And uh, so sure enough, I looked it up, and uh, there's a group that tracks all these speeches that take place. And they rate them according to this. Um, statements, mostly true, really, half true, mostly false, false, and then pants on fire. <laughs> pants on fire. I go, what is that? That sounds painful. And they say, it's just a ridiculous claim. I mean, it's just so out there. And, and I went through like Obama and Biden and Trump. And uh, I just got to be honest with you. Horrible. Just horrible. Uh, and I mean, e even from this, 5% pants on fire, 17% pants on fire, 2% pants on fire. False rating, 12%, 33%, 13%. Mostly false, 12%. Again, 15%. Uh, half true, 27%, 14%, 28%. I'm like, I want to puke right now. Uh, I mean, it is so bad. And then I'm reading, I'm like, why? And, and they listed six reasons why politicians lie. Uh, number one, most of them are narcissists. Well, that's, that's exciting to know the people leading our country are narcissists. Well, praise the Lord. Uh, Secondly, politicians know their followers will believe them, even in the face of irrefutable evidence to the contrary. I don't care. That's my guy or my lady. People don't want to hear the truth, they said. And, uh, oh, this is a good one. The Internet never forgets. And since it never forgets, uh, people have this mindset that if it's never removed or people don't prove it wrong, it's got to be true because I got it in an email or on a blog. And, by the way, Madam Mary O'Hare is not trying to get Christians off the radio. She's been dead for decades. That was a free one. Anyways, uh, I can't tell you how many times that would come around, and I'd see that, and erase it, and then I'd see someone posting it. Hey, everybody, call your senator. I'm like, don't call your senator. Okay? Some of you are looking at me like, she's dead? That's not true. We'll talk later. Number five, uh, our biases. And then number six, if a lie is told enough times, we always say if it's told loud enough and long enough, uh, people believe it. People believe it. Um, for me, and probably like you, um, I want to be around people who keep their word. It's so essential that takes place. Uh, because with that comes a, an element of trust. Uh, it was just last year, as a matter of fact, I ran into a man in our community. And uh, I was at a particular event. And uh, while I was there, he started questioning me and inquiring, not, not in a negative way, about our school. He had heard we had a Christian school. And I said, well, well yes, we do. And and then all of a sudden, a barrage of questions, and I'm answering them, and 
Uh, and I'm just telling you that because I didn't initiate the conversation. I, I didn't say, hey, let me tell you about this. He's asking, I'm responding, and I was excited about it. And by the time we're finishing the conversation, he goes, hey, I tell you what, you know what? Uh, I want to sponsor two children. Two children. I was like, that's what I said. Amen. I was like, this, this is wonderful. I, I said, you sure? I said, well, if you're willing to do that, I said, uh, we have a member rate and a non-member. I'll give them a member rate. He goes, yeah, if you can find two kids that really want to go, I, I want to be the sponsor. And I said, man, that's great. So that was last year. We came into spring, and of, uh, actually this last year. So it's been actually a couple of years. So last year at spring, I got a hold of Alan, and I said, hey, here's the gentleman. Go ahead and contact him. Let him know what it is. It'll be coming up in August. You know, and even if he wants to make payments, that's great. Uh, so he tried. He tried. And Alan's like, man, I... Pastor, I can't get a hold of this guy. And I'm like, well, he doesn't know you. Let me call him. So I give a call and leave a message there and no return call. And I call again and leave my name. And he knew my name. And I realized I just got ghosted. And I'm looking at this and, and all of a sudden, I mean, no phone call, no response, secretary, nothing. And there's a reason why. He decided not, not to do what he said he was going to do. Now, that, that stands out to me, and it's really bad, because here's why. A person's in the community, has a business. What's the likelihood I will ever recommend anybody to that business? And here's, here's why. Well, you, you're just because you didn't give money to the school. No, I wasn't looking for money for the school. I didn't ask for a dime. He, out of his own words, said, hey, I want to do this. This is what I want to do, and didn't do it. And I was running and hiding. Instead of even saying, hey, things have changed. I'm not going to be able to. I would say, I, I'll release you of that. I'll, I'll, I'll let that go. You betcha. And I thought about that, and I thought about even to this day, people that I've run into that have just bold-faced lied to me. Uh, I saw another gentleman, and I know some of you are like, well, preacher, you need to get over and forgive. It's not a lack of forgiveness, I'll tell you. But it is a lack of trust. And I did. I saw a gentleman walk in the other day. We did business with the church probably, well, it was in the old building. And I still remember a situation running into this individual and them, again, lying to us and deceiving us. And we had so much trouble to get some work done. And, and I just put it in my mind, I'm like, you know what? I could never trust that man's business. Why? I mean, because he doesn't keep his word. Can I tell you something? Our word matters. That's the context here. All these yeas and nays that you're reading and going, preacher, what in the world is he saying? Well, that's what I said when I read it. I'm like, what does this mean? Basically what Paul is saying is he comes in, he says, listen, I'm writing a letter to you and I want to come see you. Matter of fact, in 17 to 20, he says, I passed by Macedonia and on my way, I wanted to stop at Corinth, but I didn't. Coming out, I wanted to stop and I didn't. And he says, why? He says, the Lord wouldn't let me. He wouldn't let me stop. Man, I wanted to. My heart was, I want to stop, but God wouldn't let me stop. What had happened there, some people got together and they were saying something that really pricked the conscience and really the heart of Paul. They were accusing him of a man who doesn't keep his word. They said, ah, Paul, yeah, he said he was going to stop by, never did. He said he was coming through, never did. Well, if you turn back to 1 Corinthians 4, 19, you will find out his very wording was this, if the Lord will, if the Lord will. And now he's having to remind them in this writing, he says, listen, uh, I am not a man that says yay and then says nay. And so if you look at it real quick, that's what he's saying. He says, I'm not a man that says yay and then I change my mind and go with a nay. He goes, I'm a man who keeps my word. And he's explaining this. He goes, in verse 17, he says, When I therefore was thus minded, did I use likeness? I mean, was I not serious? Or the things that I purposed, do I purpose according to the flesh, that with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay? Here's what he's saying. What, so, so you think I'm a man that says, hey, I'm going to do this, and then I just don't do it? So when I say yes, it's really a no? Come on, we all know people that way, and it is discouraging. He says, I'm not that man. I'm not that kind of man. And by the way, can I tell you? We shouldn't be that type of person either. You know, Christians ought to be people who keep their word. More than, seriously, one of the greatest things you will do is keep your word even to your hurt. And Paul begins to give this great discourse. And I love the example that he uses. He goes down to say, listen, we be Christians. And by the time you get to verse 19, I mean 18, he says, but as God is true, our word to you was not yea and nay. He goes, I did not promise to not keep it. For the Son of God, verse 19, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. And I love verse 20. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, and to the glory of God by us. He says, hey, we're Christians, we're following God. And don't you know this, when God says something, don't miss this, when God says something, it's going to happen. Do you believe when God says something, it's going to happen? You ought to. You know why? It's happened every single time. Now stop and think about that. There's not been a promise not kept by Almighty God. 
We're living in a generation now, and it's like you even hear them say, well, where is this coming? We mentioned this morning. Where is Jesus? It's been preached for 2,000 years. He's coming back. When's he coming back? I'm going to help you. He's coming back. Amen. Why? Because everything else he said has happened exactly like he said it. You can start going through the Word of God and just building upon promise after promise from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And if he said this is happening, mark it down. It is happening. If it's 50 years later, 100 years later, 400, uh, if he doesn't give a time frame, some people are like, well, you said it was going to happen. And can you imagine Noah? You said it was going to rain. It's been 120 years. It didn't rain. And then drip, drip. I mean, here it comes, drip, drip. I mean, it's like, whoa. I mean, people are saying rain. There's no rain, Noah. What are you doing? They didn't believe the promises, but he did. Kept building that ark. Kept building that ark. Why? He believed God said it. That's all that it took. Hey, I want you to understand something tonight. Why you ought to know the book, get in the book, God will never lie to you. He'll never lie to you. What he says happens every single time. When we speak in marriage conferences, and I always tease about that. And one of the illustrations I always use is um, Brenda, because she's a great illustration. <laughs> but, uh, and, and I've told you guys before, but I always use that illustration that uh, uh, when we talk, she would more yell than talk which just surprised me, you know, and, and I, I didn't realize that. And so I remember finding Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath. And, and I took that, and I've told you this before, but I took it. I said, man, I'm going to do a soft answer to my wife. And I did that, and it didn't work. <laughs> I, but I remember my first time coming to grips with God's promises, and I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, God said a soft answer turneth away wrath, and, and I'm speaking softly. And I, and I wasn't wimpy. I wasn't like, hey, honey. What do you think? No, no, I was just like, I, I'm, not, I'm not raising my voice. I'm not being mean. I'm just, I'm speaking kind. I'm not saying dumb things like, when you grow up, we'll talk about this. <laughs> and you know I never said that because I'm alive today, okay? So you know that didn't come out. So, I mean, I, I, I took all this, and, and I remember sitting there thinking, why isn't this working? And we, we don't know when it, when it did. It was a couple years later. But literally a couple years later, we're not raising our voice. We're not screaming at each other. We're, we're having conversations and, and solving things. And then, like we stopped and said, wait a minute. It works. Because you go back to that verse, there wasn't a clause that says, the first time you use a soft answer, everyone will be nice to you. That's not what it says, but we interpret it that way. Hey, sometimes you, you interpret the Word of God wrong. I'm going to help you real quick. Because I'm going to help you. Never, never has anybody ever proven one thing that God said to be untrue. Not one thing. There are books where people said, hey, that book's full of lies and it's not true. And I'm always like, show me. I love that. Nobody's ever like, okay, okay, what, what about right here? They can't because it's not there. They don't have anything. The fact of the matter is when God says it's going to happen. So hang on, folks. We mentioned this morning, he's coming back. It's good. But not just that. Everything in it I can believe. And so now what Paul is saying is, hey, he's a yay guy. When, when he says yay, mark it down. He keeps his promises. May I remind you real quick before we move on? Even when Israel didn't keep their promises. We have a whole Old Testament of Israel blowing it so many times, it's sickening. I mean, if you go back and think about how many times they blew it, and God's like, no, I'll still do my part. Why? Because I promised you a land. I'll give you a land, and I'll bless you, and everything I promise you will get. Why? Because I always keep my word even when you don't. Hey, whatever you're going through, understand this. You may think everyone else is a liar, and you can't trust anybody, but there is somebody you can trust. His name's Jesus Christ. From that, Paul begins to give us a discourse and help us understand Hey, Corinthian church, that's how we operate. This is our example. And so I want to break this down for you in, in a couple categories to help you real quick. He wants us to understand that just like Christ keeps his word, we ought to keep our word. And so number one, I wrote down here, we are to be sincere in our hearts. A lack of sincerity creates an instability. In 2 Corinthians 1, 17, he said this, When I therefore was thus minded, did I use likeness? Was I insincere? Or the things that I purpose, do I purpose according to the flesh, that with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay? And really, when you look at this, here's what he was saying. He says, do I look like a guy who vacillates? Do, do I seem double-minded to you? Am I a guy who says one thing and does something else? Am I a guy with my speech is real excited here, then, then I don't follow through? No, that's what he's saying. And he, that's why he's so upset, too, and he's answering it through the Spirit of God. He's like, no, no, my word's so important, and so is yours. You need to understand, I'm not vacillating. I'm not breaking a promise, and you, and you need to know that. You and I would be like, hey, don't worry about it. Go on. No, 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 you have to understand. He's writing the book. If he's lying to them, if he's double-minded, how do we trust this? He's like, oh, no, 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 that's not me. I, that is not me. I looked this up, and when I saw this, um, 
sincerity of hearts. Um, I, I began to look in James chapter 1, if you want to turn over there, James chapter 1. Hebrews and James, little book of five chapters, powerful book though. In verse 5, the Bible says this, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Great verse. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like the wave of a sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. And then he says this, a double-minded man, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I did cross-reference on that. James 4, 8 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Psalms 12, 2 elaborates and says, with flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. And as I began to look it up, this is what James was saying. He's a man of two souls or of a double heart that speaks and asks with a heart and then with a different heart. Another one is someone who asks one thing and means another. Someone who asks amiss. This is what he's saying. I, I read one guy and he elaborated this way when he said he's unstable in all his ways. I, I can't improve on his writings. Let me read it. He is confused in his mind. A man that is it all in, fully with his heart, says one thing, does another thing. He is confused in his mind, restless in his thoughts, unsettled in his designs and intentions, inconsistent in his petitions, uncertain in his notions and opinion of things, and very variable in his actions, and especially in matters of a religion. He is always changing, never at a point, but a continual uncertainty, both in a way of thinking and doing. He never continues long either in an opinion or in a practice, but it's ever shifting and moving. That's what double-mindedness is. Can I help you? Not us. No. He's saying, that's not us. He said, we're not that way. We're not going back and forth. We're not unstable. We're not uh, thinking this and doing this and, and, and can never get on point. No, no. If you're that way, can I tell you? Something's wrong. I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm going to help you real quick. It's the heart. What? Well, no, no. I love Jesus. I didn't say you didn't love Jesus. You're not single-focused, all in with a sincere heart. You may think you are, but we just read scriptures that tell us there's a double-mindedness that comes place, and it's from somebody who doesn't have a sincere heart. In other words, they have a double heart. Folks, you want to get solid in your Christianity, and one of the ways you tell it, if you're like this, and you're up and down, let me help you. You need to go all in and surrender to Jesus Christ and say, listen, what you say, what you said in this word, I am willing to follow completely. And when you don't, here's the problem. You become unstable. Some of you are really unstable. Some of you just a little bit. But can I tell you? Instability is instability. And some of you are fighting Christianity and you have this problem. It's, and again, it's not that you're not saved and you don't have a love for God. If we ask you about it, you will very clearly talk about your love for God and who God is. But your life, there's just, to be quite honest, sometimes we wonder if you're coming. And when you are here, we're like, well, th this is great. How long is that going to last? I'm not trying to be mean, but how long is that going to last? You know, a month, two months, three months? Wait, who, you picking on people? I'm not picking on people. That's what the Bible's talking about here. There's this instability. What, what does that create? Untrustworthy. And I tell you, it messes with your life. Some of you are miserable and you, you don't understand it. It's that we talk about straddling the fence and you're partly in the world and you're partly in the church and you create this double-mindedness. And that double-mindedness is not what God ever wanted from us. Listen, life's hard enough without being double-minded. Just to be honest, it's, it's hard enough. You say, what do you want me to do, preacher? Go all in. Go all in. The best thing you'll ever do is say, you know what, I'm a Christian. I'm going to live the Christian life. I am all, I'm, I'm going to come with him with a sincere heart. Paul was telling him, hey, I'm not insincere to you. I am sincere to you. You know who I am, what I believe, what I'm doing. Please do not interpret anything in any way. Nobody will ever look at Paul and say, he's inconsistent. He's unstable. You can't trust him. No. But that's what they were saying. He's like, no, no, no. And God's telling us, man, don't live that life. And can I tell you, that's not a life. It's something we choose. And we choose it because I'm going to help you. There's a doubleness in our heart. We're not fully all in. And I'm going to help you. If that's you and you feel like you're unstable, go all in. Quit rebelling against the things of God. I don't understand why we would. Why? You can trust everything it says. But seriously, you trust him for salvation? Are you kidding? You trusted God to go to heaven and we can't trust him in our life? Whoa! 
You can't trust him with your marriage? With your kids? With your finances? Are, are you kidding me? And we think we can do better? And there's that double-mindedness. And then there's this uncertainty, this instability. When what, what ought to mark our life is this, certainty. Not because of us, because of him and his word. Hey, if you feel a little uncertain, may I challenge you, search your heart. Again, don't take that farther than Esau. I'm not accusing you of being unsaved or you don't love Jesus. That's not what it, it is. But it can be. We're just not all in. I tell you, one of the greatest things you'll do is go all in. Man, one of the greatest things. No, seriously. The great blessings come from going all in. In any profession, any sport, anything you look at, can I tell you? The best are all in. They give everything they've got. You know what they get in return? Wonderful blessings for them, for sports, uh, you know, businesses, fame, success. Well, we're not looking for that. But can I tell you what we are looking for? That peaceful life, that joyful life that God has designed. I'm going to tell you how it comes. Not by playing both worlds, but I'm like, I am all in. And Paul is saying that. He's like, hey, this isn't my flesh in verse 17. This isn't me wanting something else and saying this. I want to do what God wants me to do. Man, I think we need to all get there. He then says, number two, this. We quoted 1 Corinthians 4, 19, and, and, and I'll quote it back to you again. But I will come to you shortly if the Lord will and will know not the speech of them that are puffed up, but the power. In James 4, again, you should be probably already there. Turn over to James chapter 4, <laughs> verse 13. It says, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue their year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. And I love this. Now, if you've been in church long enough, you've probably heard this phrase before. Or maybe you've heard a, a message on it. And that is Lord willing. You maybe have heard Christians say this. Well, I'll be there. Lord willing. Found this on the web. Oh, thank you. You found this on the web. Okay, good. I can't use that right now for my sermon. Amen. Sometimes when I, when I raise my voice, series helps me. It's so good. But... Uh, uh, yeah, it's really good. She said she could help me, but thank you. Uh, I love the fact what Paul's saying here, though. You go to, go to 1 Corinthians saying, listen, when I said I wanted to come to you, well, I meant it. And then when we passed back by, I was asking the Lord, Lord, can I go to Corinth? I really love these people. Do, do you mind? And, he, and he's like, I, I want to see you. So he's writing to him, man, I want to. Man, I, I hope I get to. And he's saying this, Lord willing, I'll be there. He said it all the way in chapter 1, 1 Corinthians 4, 19. Lord willing, I'll be there. We never made it. So some said, ah, see, that guy promises he's not doing it. No, 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 no. Let me help you. I told you, changing back and forth, always changing your mind, always being unstable, that's bad. But when the Lord changes things, that, that's different. You say, what do you mean? Well, folks, we ought to live our life this way. I'm planning on doing this tomorrow, and I'm planning on doing this the next day. Lord willing. May I remind you that he controls our life. He controls what takes place in our life. No man knows what's happening tomorrow. No, no, wait a minute. No man knows. Christians ought to live this way. Hey, I plan on going here. I plan on doing this. I plan on doing whatever God says. But man, tomorrow, I mean, you can twist an ankle. You know, you can get sick. Uh, I mean, you could lose your job. I mean, there's so many things that could happen. So our philosophy ought to be this. Man, I'm planning this, but are you ready? The Lord willing. What I'm saying is this. I'm open to whatever God wants. Paul's like, I want to go to Corinth. I like these people. Man, I, I want to see them grow. And, man, I want to help them out. And God says, no, you can't. Okay, well, when I come back, God, can I stop by? No, you can't. Why? Lord willing. I told you for a long time, I, when I graduated, I was going to go to San Diego, California. That's what I wanted. <laughs> you say, why did you want to go to San Diego? Seriously? <laughs> it's warm there. <laughs> Average temperature is like 73 to 76. Who doesn't want to go to San Diego, California? I grew up there. I'm thinking, that's a perfect place. Man. No, that's a, that's a perfect place. But that was, that was just what I wanted. And no point did I say, man, I'm going there. I said, man, I'll, I'll go there, Lord willing. And God's like, I'm not willing. <laughs> are you sure? So every three or four years, we go there on vacation going, are you willing? No, just kidding. <laughs> that's how I get my San Diego time and just go, go and visit. Now I'm like, thank you, Lord, that you weren't willing. <laughs> There's some crazy people in San Diego. I'm going to help you right now. Now I always get to leave. But, you know, we, we have dreams and you, people have goals. You say, I'd like to live here or do this. No, wait, 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 wait. You shouldn't do anything unless the Lord says. I'm convinced God gets blamed for a lot of things he doesn't do. Now, some of you know the terminology, and so you use it. Um, one of my favorite is, well, the Lord told me. 
<laughs> it's almost like that's a trump card. It's like as soon as Andy goes, well, the Lord told me. Well, he must be right. God told him to go rob a bank. I understand. Can't question that. He used the word God. The Lord. <sighs> no, seriously, I can't tell you how often God's thrown in on something that is totally wrong. And it's like we make our own plans, do our own goals, and we throw in, God told me. Now, we're saying that because we don't want other believers to say anything to us. We don't want any questions. We don't want any judgments. We go, the Lord told me. And when it is, I'm like, praise Jesus. But when it's not, can I tell you? Be careful. You're headed down a, a really bad road. See, we should be flexible. Whatever our day comes, we ought to be willing to stop and say, Lord, is this what you want me to do? I was going here, I'm doing this, but Lord, you put something else in my path. Folks, that's how we live. That's not instability. That's not instability. Instability is I've got a dual heart, the world and the church, and I, I can't get anything stable, and I'm, I'm only, always a mess and, and, and never consistent. And No, no, that, that's not from the Lord. From the Lord is I got a plan, I'm living my life, and this is what we're planning on doing, and all of a sudden, boom! Some of you have had kids later on in life. You didn't plan that. Yeah, I love it. They're like 21, 18, 16, 4. <laughs> Nobody goes, yeah, we wanted to start another family. They go this. Oops. I mean, that, that's what happens. So I always love it. I always tease them, too, because that's always fun. It's like you got the stair step. Uh, they're like, well, my plan was, I, and Brenda and I, we're like, we're going to wait several years before we have kids. Nine months later. My wife goes, I hate it when you say they just popped out. They do. All I know is you went in the room. There wasn't a kid. You came out. There's a kid. I mean, how else does that work? You know, the fact of the matter is uh, we had our plans. And like, hey, we're going to wait. And God says, no, you're not. No. I still love that story because everyone's like, Brother B's like, man, I hope it's nine months. I was young, so I'm like, why is that important? You know? Yeah, it's just going right over my head, you know, <laughs> right, right over my head. But I love it. God says, no, no, I've got a plan. And for some of you, you want kids, and God's like, no, not right now. The reverse. I mean, you want kids. You're like praying, and, ben God, and God's like, no, that's not my plan. All I know is we just have to be willing for whatever the Lord wants. I mean, God has a will that's beyond ours. Listen, what Paul's saying is, here's how I live. I live my life this way, not inconsistent. I don't vacillate. I, I know what I'm serving, Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm doing whatever he tells me to do, but that's it. I'm doing whatever he tells me to do. So when I say I'm going to go do something, it's the Lord willing I'm going to do this, going to do that. I think our young people, man, Lord willing, I'm going to college. Lord willing, I'm going to Votech. Lord willing, it should always be, hey, whatever God wants. And here's our problem. We're not always letting God lead us. I appreciate Paul having this conversation. No, with the Corinthian church. He's like, do you let God lead you? No, seriously. Is God really the, the leading? I, I'm not going to give you testimony. We have a lot of people that listen online, and we appreciate that. Uh, but one of my standards, I, I never try to embarrass anybody. Um, I always try to use stories and change names or do situations that maybe a person would know, but everyone else doesn't know on purpose. So I always have to be careful. So there's a lot of things I can't say, but, but I'm going to say this. And if you're listening online, you can choose what camp you're in. That's my look for people online. But anyways, uh, <laughs> but we've had people move. And, and I would tell you this, even as pastor looking at it, it was Lord's will. But Andy and Terry moved. We'll pick on them because we can. They're family. You know, um, that was the Lord's will for them to move. I, I mean, seriously. I mean, it was time for them to go. It was time for them to get out of here. We were sick and tired. Oh, wait. <laughs> but we, we didn't want them to. We, we weren't excited about it. We're like, are you kidding me? But it made sense. I mean, that was the job and, and the career. And they weren't desiring some, uh, just a different life and wanted to move. They're like, no, we want to stay. And God's like, no, the, the door's closing. You're going to have to go and finish up here. Now, aren't you glad God brought him back? I thought that was interesting, too. And we, we didn't know at that time Jose's leaving. And all of a sudden, uh, they come back last January. And we're like, wow, this is cool. And Jose says, we're leaving. And we're like, I think, I think I know what God's doing now. And I've watched God do some amazing things of bringing people back. We don't always know why right away what's going on. But I know this. Man, when they're following the Lord, we know there's something good coming. But then there's been people that have moved and Quite honestly, they're throwing the God name in there. And from the time they're leaving, I'm like, God's not in this. Hasn't been in it from the start. God's not a part of this. It's not. And I'm watching their heart and their motive and their heart has nothing to do with God. Is this your will? It's just my own personal desire. Now, again, it's not wrong to have desires. But then all of a sudden they push it and they go somewhere. And 
Now, there's not a good church. And they're trying to raise kids in a situation. They're like, oh, no. This is not, we didn't check out the number one thing. Number one, is this what you want, God? If it, hey, by the way, can I tell you, if there's not a good church there and God still wants you to go, I'm going to help you with this. Are you ready? God's going to orchestrate something. Maybe you help start a church. You ever think about, God could do amazing things. Or there may be, you didn't see one, but he connects you. But I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a spiritual opportunity where he's going to use you in some great way. No debate. But I've seen too often people coming and they come to this decision in life and they make a decision more on their flesh, verse 17, when Paul's saying this was not a fleshly decision instead of Lord willing. And I get that technical, but can I tell you, you need to know how God talks in your life. One of the things I've learned is, how does God move in my life? How does God talk? Uh, that's how you make decisions. Lord willing, we're going to do this and that. I mean, I know we keep using it, but you guys tease me all the time. I tell preachers all the time, the day I decided that we were going to have a Christian school, I didn't decide it, God did. When I announced the church, you spontaneously applauded, and I've never forgotten that. <laughs> but, but what that was, is, is you all know, that, that's not me going, hey, we're going to do this. It was me going, we are not doing this. And God said, well, yes, you are. And so I had to eat my words. And you know what? It's okay. Can I tell you what? It's a good thing. God's blessed it in phenomenal ways. I'll eat my words anytime God's involved. Amen. And you ought to be willing to do the same thing. You, you ought to be willing to say, what? Well, it wasn't my plans, and I didn't want to, but God said, do it. No, no. Folks, that's the Christian life. I know growing up, my dad would never promise us certain things and, uh, for this principle. He never wanted to make a promise and break it. And as a matter of fact, often, of course, we lived up in California, go to Disneyland, and we'd find out we're going to Disneyland Saturday morning as dad's like, get up. You got 10 minutes to get ready. We're going to Disneyland. What? But he worked, uh, sometimes had to do overtime. So he said, I don't want to tell you on Monday we're going Saturday, and I get a call on Friday leaving work. He said, so I'm not going to say a word. Under this principle, when he became Christian, I want my yay to be yay, my nay to be nay. Now, honestly, we, we'd understand because that's just work. But it's, he got real serious with this principle. Hey, Christian, now listen, I know I'm belaboring it, but we got one more point to belabor, so this is just the beginning. I need you to understand something. Uh, folks, we're not to be vacillating people back and forth. We're not to be up and down. We're to have a purpose in life and a goal and a desire and know who we are and what we're doing and have a sincere heart to serve God, not double-minded. It'll mess with your life, and then you're going to be untrustworthy. And then this, and, and this is the last point I want you to get. When you put all this together, he said this, we need a speech that is God-honoring. Look back in James chapter 5. We need a speech that is God-honoring. Not only do you need to be sensitive to the Lord, but we need a speech that is God-honoring. His whole context is this, and if you look at James chapter 5, verse 12, the Bible says this, But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by earth, neither by any oath, but let your, here it is, your yea be yea, and your nay be nay, lest ye fall into, here it is, condemnation. In other words, he says, listen, when you say something, you do it. No, no, he says, listen, when you say something, you do it. We need to realize this, life and death is in the power of the tongue. God takes it serious. God says, when I say something, if I say yay, mark it down as a yay. I don't change my yay to nay. God says, I do what I say, what I promise. He says, and so should you. James 5 says this, but above all things. Go back and look at that. But above all things. You go back and read in James all the things James talks about. Stop and think about this. We're in James chapter 5. He talks to the, to the rich, and uh, man, he talks to the wayward, and he starts getting into all these sins. And I mean, if you started listing out, and I don't have time to do it, all the sins in James chapter 5, it is mind-boggling. And then he stops here and he says, but wait a minute. But above all things. Now, stop, stop. Do you know what above all things means? It's a priority. Probably one of the best messages I ever heard was on this, this verse right here. As a pastor's fellowship, because uh, pastors, we need preaching. And that was preaching. He says, listen, James chapter 5 is probably one of the greatest sins of preachers. I'm like, what? And he's, he's breaking it down. He, he actually went through James chapter 1 and 2 and 3. And we don't have time to do all that, but you can do it. He says, but now look at this. James says all this, and he says, but now above all this, above, oh, priority above everything you just mentioned? Yeah, your word ought to be something people can trust because we can trust Jesus. We're living in a word he, he lists there. We're living in a world where people swear all the time. I was doing some research. I didn't realize people swore way back then. And I don't know what their cuss words were, and I don't care. <laughs> but I mean, there's writings where you, where you go back and read it, and they're like saying, I mean, it was common. People just cussed all the time. Um, uh, the Orientals were one of the worst, they said. I mean, it's just common. Now, it's not common to me. I'm not that big of a historian, buff. But they're like, this was just common language. So when he wrote this, he's like, people were just like very common cussing. Kind of sounds like today. I mean, seriously, 
about everybody. I mean, out of people's mouths, cuss words are just kind of flying. He says, now listen, let me tell you about your speech. He says, swearing ought not to be. If you even broke this passage down, you couldn't swear by God or Jesus. So they said, well, it's okay to swear by heaven and the prophets then. He's like, no, you don't swear. You don't make swearing. You don't curse. You don't promise. Here's what you do. You let your yay be yay, your nay be nay. And can I tell you, even to your hurt, there have been times I've opened up my mouth and I've said things um, that I've had to complete and um, multiple financial things that hurt because I made a statement. And then I remember that statement said, oh, you know what? That is exactly what I said. And guess what? We will take care of that 100%. Why? Because our word is way more important. I'm a firm believer that you keep your word even to your hurt. Matter of fact, we ought to just be more careful of what we say. But if you say it, you do it. You do it. I'm amazed when I read and agreements that are made. And matter of fact, our society is so messed up today, we can't even do handshakes anymore. How many of you remember the handshaking days? Anybody? Yeah, some of you remember that. Now, let me tell you what the younger congregation, you, you don't know what this is. Here's what it is. I come to Brother Mark. Hey, Brother Mark, let's shake on this man. I'm going to buy a car, give you $8,000 for it. It's a done deal. It's like we just signed a contract. I mean, if I don't have the money, it's like, okay, I just have seven. Uh, here's the seven. I will work. As soon as I get the other thousand, I'll give it to you. And you, know, you don't even have to, he will not even worry one bit. He knows, oh, it's coming. It's coming. Why? Because we had a handshake. Those days are long. You do realize anything even as a church we get involved in, we have to have all these signings and contracts for every little thing that we do. Can I tell you why? You can't trust people's words today. And I'm going to be honest with you, even as your pastor, if you come to me and says, well, I'm getting into a business relationship with a family member, I go, Brother Barbie, get a contract. Well, no, no, we're a good family. Get a contract. Why? No, no, because we're in a generation that, are you ready? You can't trust people's words. Now, that's sad. Can I help you? May that not be with Christianity. One of the things that ought to make us stand out is this. When a Christian says something, they stick by it. Why? Let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. That's why Paul's so upset and saying, hey, hey, no, 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 no. I'm not vacillating. Now, I didn't see, I didn't lie to you. I didn't promise something I keep. No, no. I didn't come because God said I couldn't come. I never said I was coming. I said I want to come. If the Lord will, don't mess with my words. Why are you so adamant about that? Because your word matters. And he's writing the Bible, and if we can't trust him, then guess what? We can't trust the word. Let me ask you this as we close. Can you be trusted? Can you? You know, often somebody signs up for something and doesn't show up. Uh-oh. Pastor's meddling. Mm-hmm. We literally, now we get it. Now, if someone's sick or something, we get it. And somebody might text, hey, I can't make it. We're sick. Oh, we, again, we release that. We got all that. I cannot tell how often somebody will sign up for something and do something. And we will go, oh, 20 signed up? Nah, 10, 20% of those aren't showing up. Are you kidding? In the house of God? All the time. Church, this is meddling, and it's okay. You need meddling sometimes. Stop it. Let your yay be yay, your nay be nay. We say we're going to do something, we do it. You know, after I run to somebody at Walmart, we tease about it. I'll be at church Sunday. And really, my thought is, they're not coming. There's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that. I'm just saying in our life, we ought to be people of this. If I say it, I'm doing it. If I can't, I'm letting them know I can't. And they're probably going to understand because like, I'm sick or work or something. No, we, we got all that. But I'm just telling you, that's not usually what it is. It's usually somebody said they'll do something and it doesn't take place. I'll give this. I'll do this. I'll show up. No, no, no. I'm going to help you. Are you ready? But above all things, we be Christians. We're not unstable. You can take it to the bank. We say yes, it's a yes. We say no, it's a no. Unless we put this little tag on it, Lord willing. See you on Saturday. Well, Lord willing. Lord, Lord willing, I'll be there. Yeah, we get it. If you're not there, we know, guess what? The Lord had other plans. And seriously, we totally understand. So make sure we put the tag on, Lord willing, we understand. But if you're going to commit to something, I'm not trying to be a downer tonight. I'm just trying to say, whoo, that our yay be yay and our nay be nay. Why? Because his is. We need to work on that. We need to work on that as Christians, okay?
it's okay, we can do it together. We'll just learn to make our words and our promises. We'll think before we talk. We'll make sure that before we say yes, that we can complete it. And then we'll follow through. Why? For his honor, for his glory. Let's stand. Lord, we come to you now, Lord. We thank you and praise you for your word. Lord, it's a sobering thought. Or we live in a world where really what somebody says doesn't matter. Contracts are signed and broken. Promises are made and broken. Lord, it's flooded into Christianity to such a degree, Lord, that with some people, Lord, you, you just wonder. You, you can't trust what they say. Yet they name your name and say they're Christians. And I'm not debating that they are. I'm sure they are. But, Lord, they've adopted uh, the heart of the world. They have a double-mindedness. Lord, help us not to be inconsistent, to vacillate in what we believe and what we're doing and who we are, unless you're moving us. If you move us, that's totally different, Lord. If you're changing our direction, then let us go and run to whatever you're changing our direction. But may it be of you. May we be known as people of the word so that when we give people the word, they'll believe it. And if we can't be people of our word, Lord, then how will they listen when we try to give them the word? Lord, help us tonight, Lord. I know, Lord, there's been times in my life you've convicted me about things I've said and not followed through. And Lord, forgive me for that. Lord, may we have an intent to always be like you and keep our promises. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord spoken to you tonight or throughout the day. We'll close our day as we often do, just a time of prayer. So whatever that need is, I'll challenge you to come. Talk to your Lord. He'll listen. You come. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to seated as we get ready for the baptism. Brother Andy, why don't you come lead us in a song? All right, while they're getting ready, let's sing page 56, The Old Rugged Cross. So despised by the world, 
the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. So I cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to So here's Emmy, and we're excited for her. We had, like I said, good conversations yesterday, and parents and everybody are ready for her to be baptized. We're going to baptize her. So are you ready, Emmy? Okay, we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of his death, and raised again in the likeness of his glory. Let's go ahead and stand. We'll be dismissed in prayer. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for the wonderful day in your house, Father. Just phenomenal service this morning, a great service tonight. And uh, Lord, thank you for the wonderful singing. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful preaching. And now, Lord, I pray that you would go before us, Lord, as we live out, Lord, what we've heard today. Uh, may you strengthen us, guide us, and direct us. May we honor and glorify you with our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you Wednesday. Amen.